In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Once there was a little girl who had been given a pretty strand of pearls. The pearls were not real, but the little girl didn't care. She wore her pearls everywhere. To church, to school, to her friend's house on play dates, even to bed. She only took them off and reluctantly at that when she had to take a bath. She loved her pearls and she took very good care of them. Her father noticed how much his little girl loved her pearls, and one night when he sat on the edge of her bed, and he asked his daughter if she loved him. She said, of course, Daddy, of course I love you. He said, would you give me your pearls then? She replied, Daddy, I love you more than anything, but... I just can't give you my pearls. Her father smiled at her and nodded his head, said that it was okay, kissed her on the forehead and tucked her into bed. The next night when it was time for bed, the little girl's father came in and again sat on the edge of her bed and asked her, do you love me? She replied, of course I love you, daddy. He smiled and said, well then, would you give me your pearls? His daughter frowned slightly and then said, Daddy, you know I love you, but I just can't give you my pearls. He kissed her on the forehead, smiled at her, told her it was okay, and tucked her into bed. This went on for several nights with the little girl's father tucking her into bed and asking her if she loved him and then requesting that she give him her pearls. And the little girl's response night after night, Daddy, I love you, but I just can't give you my pearls. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem. He knows the end is near. It is not that his patience is wearing thin. He simply knows that he is running out of time to inspire the transformation he so desperately wants to see in us. And yet he continues to meet with our resistance. James and John, the sons of thunder, haven't quite figured out that Jesus is about inclusion, broadening the tent for all to join. They continue to resist his teachings on relationship. They wish to call down fire from heaven to consume the Samaritan village because Jesus was not received well there. They use this lack of relationship as an excuse for what they are truly resisting, the freedom of choice that God desires from us, the willingness to choose being in relationship with him. James and John are angry, but they are guilty of the same sin as the Samaritan village. And they want vengeance as a tool to control others and the world around them. They are resistant to Jesus' teachings of love, costly love, sacrificial love. And so they are rebuked. Jesus and his disciples continue down the road, and his teachings become even more fervent and pointed. 
Someone declares he will follow Jesus anywhere. And Jesus makes it clear that the distractions that tether us to this world, security and comfort, are not necessarily guaranteed when following Christ. To another, he will turn and say, follow me. This one apparently has shown some real potential as a disciple. But whereas the 12 disciples immediately laid down their nets or got off and left their work and their families to come and follow him, this man does not. Instead, he offers a bit of resistance. He had heard the good news and believed, but he had sacred duties as a son to bury his father. So he asked permission to go and bury his father first and then to come and follow Jesus. And Jesus replies, let the dead bury their own dead. A difficult teaching to be sure, but we know that dead people cannot bury other dead people and that this must not be a literal saying. Instead, we are to understand that Jesus is talking about the spiritually dead. Hear what Jesus says next. But as for you, clearly this man is not spiritually dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God, even in the burial of your father. Not only does Jesus see the transformation in this young man, he encourages him to become an evangelist. Instead of insisting on the young man following him, Jesus sends him out to spread the gospel, the good news of salvation, the good news of eternal life and of hope of the kingdom of God. Jesus' teachings have been life-generating to this young man, and he has heard them. His resistance is not to Jesus or the call to follow his teachings, but it is in the potential to be distracted by death as an ending. Jesus reminds him to proclaim the kingdom. Death is not the end unless you are spiritually dead. A third person will declare his intent to follow Jesus after he has said goodbye to his family and friends. Again, Jesus points out our resistance. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Once we have accepted Christ into our life, we are always to move forward into the life and the call that Jesus has for us. Family and friends are important. Burials are important. Security and comfort are important. But all of these things pale in comparison to the good news of God in Christ. The good news that the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus is teaching as he begins his journey to Jerusalem, his journey to the cross, is a reminder that the kingdom of God is here, yet we are too often distracted by the things that tether us to this world, to this earthly realm. We are good at cloaking those distractions and values that we define as God-given. But here, as the end approaches, we are to remember that God is our primary value. 
God is the center of who we are, of all our relationships, of who we know ourselves and the world to be. And God alone will offer us that which is good and true and beautiful. Might we give that to one another as well? Several nights later, the little girl's father entered her room and sat on the edge of her bed. But before he could even ask his daughter if she loved him, the little girl burst into tears and holding out the strand of pearls said to her father, Daddy, I love you more than anything, and I want you to have my pearls. Her father took the strand of pearls from her, And he reached into his pocket and pulled out a strand of real pearls, which he gently clasped around her neck. And he told his little daughter, I love you too. And I only want to give you the treasures that you deserve. These pearls are real. And I know that you will love and care for them even more than you did for the others. As long as we are distracted by the kingdom of earth, we cannot receive the kingdom of God. As Christians, we are called to a sacrificial love that can be costly at times. But that sacrificial love does not diminish us. It seeks to inspire us and fulfill us. It may mean loss at times, But even in the loss, we will find the glory of God. After the events that happened at St. Stephen's, Bishop G. offered a pastoral response entitled, Running Toward the Light. And she told the story of the funeral of Bart Rainey, where his grandson, who after that tragedy and his grandfather's martyrdom, talked about how much love was being poured out upon he and his family. He told those at the funeral that love is drowning out the evil, awful act and replacing it with hope for the future. Bart's brother declared that the reservoir of love that Bart had left behind is meant to be shared with the world. Those are not the words of the dead burying the dead. They are the words of the living, loving people of God who anchor their hope in the resurrection. Their words are not words of anger or vengeance, but a trust in what Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is built on, the life-giving, liberating love of God in Christ. The kingdom of God has come near. It is real. It is true. It is beautiful. And it is good. Do you love me? And give me your pearls. Amen.